You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Back in October of this year, we lost a beloved star of the stage and screen, Angela Lansbury. She was born in central London in 1925 and moved to the United States in 1940 to study acting in New York City. She moved to Hollywood two years later and was cast in her first film, Gaslight, in 1944 with MGM Studios. Her first Broadway production didn't come until 1957 with the comedic play Hotel Paradiso. Her performing career would end up spanning 80 years, in which she received six Tony Awards, six Golden Globe Awards, and one Laurence Olivier Award in addition to nominations for a Grammy, three Oscars, and 18 Emmy Awards. That's right. She was nominated 18 times for an Emmy Award over the course of 33 years and didn't win one of them. But the theater was always her first love, having appeared in 14 Broadway productions, four national tours, and numerous other theatrical events. But as you'll hear in this special episode of Why I'll Never Make It, It was a long and bumpy journey towards the role that would cement her Broadway career and earn her that first Tony Award. Here now is Angela Lansbury's audition story for the musical Mame. Between the four of us, we finally put it across with the producers that I would play it. There were many very exotic ladies who were up for the part, let me tell you. And uh, it was an extraordinary breakthrough for me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Since 1955, Auntie Mame has been the unstoppable, passionate, easily distracted, yet thoroughly down-to-earth personification of the kind of aunt any child would want to have. The novel that introduced her to the world was written by Edward Everett Tanner III, who wrote under the pseudonym Patrick Dennis, 
which also happens to be the name of the recently orphaned 10-year-old nephew in the book who comes to live with his aunt on the eve of the Great Depression. Tanner's manuscript was actually rejected by 19 publishers before Vanguard Press finally gave it the green light. And that decision really paid off. Anti-Mame was on the New York Times bestseller list for two years. That 1955 novel inspired a Broadway play the following year, a movie based on that play in 1958, a Broadway musical in 1966, and another movie based on the musical in 1974. Now, that original Broadway play and its subsequent movie starred Rosalind Russell, who already had three Oscar nominations under her belt, but it was Auntie Mame that made her into a superstar and is arguably the role she is most known for in her career. So, based on the success of that Broadway play and the movie, writers Jerome Lawrence and Robert Edwin Lee began work on musicalizing their play in 1964. And so they approached composer Jerry Herman, who was already enjoying a huge success with another musical at that time. Hello, Dolly was running on Broadway, and I got a call from Lawrence and Lee, the wonderful writers of Inherit the Wind and Anti-Mame. And I had never met these gentlemen, and they asked if I would mind having lunch with them. And I was absolutely thrilled because I loved those two plays. And we went to Sardi's, and after a few minutes of conversation, one of them said to me, how would you like to musicalize Anti-Mame? And again, I didn't have to think or say, oh, I'll call my agent or any of that business. I just went, oh boy, yes. It was such an instantaneous love affair that I had with this piece of work because I honestly could have written seven or eight more songs for this character. The musical was originally titled My Best Girl. And from the get-go, these creatives were determined that this show wasn't going to be just anti-mame with music. As Jerome Lawrence said, we conceived mame as a new work and tried to tell it as lyrically and joyfully as possible with music. Nonetheless, Rosalind Russell was the first offered the role of musical mame, but she turned it down because she didn't want to eat yesterday's stew, as she put it. So then it was decided that legendary leading lady Mary Martin would take on the role. John Logan was brought in as the director, but he wanted to make significant changes to the story and other artistic differences came up between the creatives, including Ona White, who had been tapped as the show's choreographer. So Logan was dismissed and would eventually be replaced with Gene Sachs. And to complicate matters even more, Mary Martin ended up declining to do the show, offering the excuse that the score failed to captivate her, or maybe she was just ready for a break from the stage after years of back-to-back -back Broadway productions of South Pacific, Peter Pan, and The Sound of Music. But whatever the reason, Lawrence, Lee, and Herman now had to find a new leading lady, and a veritable list of who's who in show business auditioned for the role including Betty Davis, Lucille Ball, Doris Day, Phyllis Diller, Katherine Hepburn, Lena Horne, and Dinah Shore, just to name a few. 
But something seemed to be missing from each one of them. As Jerry Herman put it, Mame is a deceptively difficult role to play. She's so rich and she's so full of fun and she has her problems and her romance and her disappointments. And it was just everything that a songwriter dreams about being offered. But the juxtaposition of this elegant, charming lady with an undercurrent of wild, unpredictable humor and spunk was not a combination easy to find in most actresses. So after exhausting their list of leading lady contenders, Jerome Lawrence suggested an actress that lived down the road from him in Malibu, Angela Lansbury. Lawrence and Lee asked me to come and have brunch with them in Malibu. So I did, and they were very, very, I, I don't know, they certainly gave me the idea that they thought that I could play name. I, and I, all I could think of was, why would you think I could play Mame? You know? <laughs> the 1963-64 Broadway season was quite an exceptional one. Not only were the likes of Carol Burnett, Sammy Davis Jr., and Josephine Baker starring in hit productions, but that season also ushered in Barefoot in the Park, 110 in the Shade, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Hello Dolly, Funny Girl, and Anyone Can Whistle. In fact, those last two shows were both related in some very remarkable ways. Stephen Sondheim was actually approached to write the score for Funny Girl, but turned it down because their choice of leading lady, Mary Martin, wasn't Jewish. But eventually she turned down the role of Fanny Bryce, just like she later did with Mame. For his part, Sondheim chose instead to focus on his own musical, Anyone Can Whistle, which cast Angela Lansbury in the leading role of Cora and offered the role of Faye to Barbara Streisand, who turned down that show to instead star in Funny Girl. What a life-changing and career-defining choice that turned out to be, huh? Well, for Angela Lansbury as well, Anyone Can Whistle was her big break because it was her very first starring role in a Broadway musical. Nobody had ever seen Angela Lansbury on stage, singing, dancing, playing a leading role, and they didn't know whether I could do it. Didn't know I could do it. Didn't know I had the capacity or the voice or anything else. Well, it turns out Lansbury did have the capacity and got favorable reviews for her part. But the show itself was not well-received, and Anyone Can Whistle only lasted nine performances on Broadway. Still, even during that limited run, a certain composer by the name of Jerry Herman happened to be in attendance one night. So months later, when Jerome Lawrence suggested Lansbury for the part of Mame, Herman was ecstatic with the idea. Yet, when he brought her name up to the producers, they weren't so keen on the idea. Two of them had also seen Lansbury's performance in Anyone Can Whistle, and though they thought she was a wonderful character actress, they just didn't think she could sing the part or handle the musical comedy required for Mame. Plus, the director, John Logan, didn't want her either. But like I mentioned, he wasn't with the show for long, so eventually his opinion wouldn't matter. Still, it has to be pointed out that, according to her own agent, Charles Adams Baker, at that time in Hollywood, as well as on Broadway, Lansbury had a reputation as everybody's favorite co-worker. 
but not a ticket seller. <laughs> I know it's hard to imagine now, but back then, she just didn't have the star power the producers wanted. However, Jerry Herman kept on insisting and finally convinced the producers to bring Lansbury in for an audition. I wanted Angela very much because I, I wanted an actress to do that role and I sensed the need for an actress. He said, I'll do anything I can in my power to help you to audition. We'll do it together. I'll play for you, I'll be there, and I want you to get this part. I believe that you're main. I had Angela come to my apartment and I taught her two songs from the score. And no other lady who auditioned had the benefit of knowing if he walked into my life and it's today. And when we went to the theater to audition, I snuck into the orchestra pit without anybody knowing, and I accompanied her audition. One of the show's producers, John Boab, recalls that the audition showed her strong personality and pizzazz, but ultimately, Lansbury didn't have the vocal range for the score. Now, sensing this, she returned to California after the audition and began vocal training to help her add more notes and expand her singing range. She was determined and wanted this role as much, if not more, than anything else she had done up to that point. I knew that I could do it. I just knew I could do it. To make it happen took me more persuasion and more time and, and uh, more, well, humbling myself, really, to get that part. It's the one time in my career that I've done that, and I did it for Mame because I knew Mame was the key that would unlock a whole new career for me and get me out of this kind of doldrums of cameo parts that I was locked into for so many years. Lansbury would go on to audition for the role two more times, going back and forth between New York and California. And during that time, the creative team continued to audition other actresses like Lauren Bacall, Kay Ballard, Tammy Grimes, Geraldine Page, and B. Arthur, the wife of the show's new director, Gene Sachs. Well, four months after Lansbury's first audition, she flew back to New York to meet Gene Sachs for what would be her fourth and final audition. That's because she gave the producers an ultimatum, saying that this would be her last audition and that she needs a yes or no answer before going back to California. And so, after a lengthy casting search and Lansbury's mandate, it finally came down to a vote. And thankfully, the majority wanted Angela Lansbury for the role of Mame. Mame was so joyous an experience because we had a great new star in Angela Lansbury. And everything went right. I was ready for it. It was everything that I had envisioned for myself accomplishing in the musical theater. Because what I haven't told you is that all during the years at MGM, when I was battling along, playing battle axes and so on, I was running in and watching rehearsals, all of the musical rehearsals for the great musical movies that were being made on the lot at that time, with Gene Kelly and uh, Leslie Cowan, all those. And I knew all of the musical people involved. And I, I thought, oh gosh, this is it. This is what I really want to be doing. This is what I'm going to really love to do one day. And I really visualized myself doing it until I did. I found myself up on the stage playing name. 
Thank you so much for joining me for this special episode. Please check the show notes for a list of the various sources, news clips, and interview sound bites used in this episode. And I certainly could not have done this episode without my friend and fellow podcaster, Dan Delgado. I did the research and writing of this episode, but it was Dan who helped me edit it all together. Please check out his podcast called The Industry, which takes a closer look at some of the lesser-known and forgotten stories in movie history. And just to let you know, this episode is a bit of a precursor for a new podcast Dan and I are in the beginning stages of creating. It's going to be an insider's look at Broadway musicals, The Famous, The Forgotten, and The Flops. So stay tuned as that will be coming out sometime in 2023. Until then, there's just one more episode here in 2022 for Why I'll Never Make It, as I take a look back at the sixth season of this podcast, the highs and lows and everything in between. So please join me next week as I talk more about Why I'll Never Make It. And that's the answer. You get it right away in the theater, and you can tell how this opening night audience feels. They're on their feet. It's a standing ovation for Angela Lansbury, and Broadway has another smash hit. Now she's being presented with an enormous bouquet of roses. And still they applaud. For Beatrice Arthur, Jane Connell, Willard Waterman, Frankie Michaels, and the colorful cast of Maine. And from here we move to the famous Rainbow Room at the top of the RCA building. Truly a magnificent setting for the opening night party of Broadway's newest smash, Maine. Well, you triumphant creature, you. Angela Lansbury. What do you think? How do you feel? What do I think? How do I feel? It's impossible to sum up in a couple of seconds the work of many years. And by that, I don't mean to say that I haven't had a marvelous career because I have. But somewhere in the back of my mind, I have had the thought that something like this might happen to me. And now it has. Can you imagine how I feel? This is, of course, a whole new horizon in your life, Angela. Yes, it is. The sky's the limit now. I mean... After yes. this, you know, movie roles and other stage roles, my goodness, what an exciting phase of your life. Yes, isn't it? You know. To be 40 and have all that in front of me. Wow. Because when you get to that point, you think, well, the best is perhaps behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Not for me. Tonight, it's beginning. <laughs> isn't that wonderful? We're going to have you as a resident here, aren't we? Yes, here? I'm going to be in New York for quite a while, I think. Family and everything, so. eh? Oh, yes. Just wonderful. <laughs> They're thrilled to death. All the very best. Thanks. As we welcome a beautiful, new, talented multifaceted star. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All the best. Thanks so very, very much. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.